Uh, Good morning, everybody. Happy to have you along with us. When you buy a book, do you do it online? Do you go in person? I do prefer in person. Do it uh, 80% of the time. Uh, Usually if I can't find it in person or it's a very specific, I'll go online. But I do like going into a bookstore. There's something about it. I mention this because Indigo is soon going to have a new location in Toronto that is more than just a bookstore. They're going to offer pastries, coffee, beer, and wine. There's going to be areas for fragrances and plants. There will even be an area to listen to music, check out games like Pinball or Pac-Man. It all comes on the heels of a a cyber attack against the company that affected them deeply. They, like many companies, have been impacted by inflation. So this is their attempt to try and win back customers. If it's successful, I imagine they'll try to do it elsewhere, including uh, here in London. Uh, So I want to talk about this. We're joined by Daniel Tsai from the Ted Rogers School of Management at Toronto Metropolitan University. Uh, Appreciate the time today. Thank you. Indigo uh, lost uh, $50 million in the last fiscal year. They had that cyber attack. Their founder retired. That's a lot of change uh, for a company. Yeah, I think uh, Heather Reisman, the chairman of the board, she uh, basically saw the writing on the wall. Uh, The cyber attack was a major blow to their reputation. It uh, cost them a significant amount of revenue. As you mentioned, $50 million in lost revenue. Uh, last fiscal year. A big part of that was because of the cyber attack. And as well, four of her board of directors uh, left the board, uh, one of them in a heap of of controversy saying that uh, Heather was tone deaf to uh, concerns about EDI and so forth. So I think uh, they needed to uh, shake things up. They brought in a new uh, chief executive officer and it looks like he's, uh, he's trying to do something very different here. It's interesting because, you know, for years we've been talking about in-store shopping, online shopping, and they're, they're doing something different here. What do you make of the concept? Well, what they're trying to do is uh, what we call destination retailing. They're trying to make it an experience for the shopper. So they're going to have, uh, uh, you know, areas of the store set up for fragrances, plants, uh, music, um, you're going to get vinyl there if you want and test it out uh, and listen to LPs. Uh, that's still a thing. And um, so the thing for them is, you know, traditional retail is based on sales per square foot. Uh, this is more based on going in, having an experience, grabbing a pastry, a coffee, a, and, uh, you know, enjoying uh, some of the interesting uh, niches or nooks that they've created. It's it's interesting. What appetite is there for in-store shopping these days? You say, you know, this is destination shopping, maybe a little bit different, but how much appetite is there for that? Well, look at the location they've chosen for their test store. It's 16,000 square feet, but it also happens to be right up front in Spadina. It's a development called The Well, which is a high-end condo. And this area is known as City Place. Uh, there's a large urban, uh, you know, buildup of professionals, uh, younger people in their 20s and 30s. So these people have money. They have good jobs. The average income in this neighborhood is 100000 or more uh, for households. So that means you've got younger professionals that have money. Uh, it'll attract the hipsters. So it's a uh, it actually raises a question whether this would roll out and do well if we're talking smaller towns across uh, Ontario that have a, uh, uh, a chapters indigo and, uh, and across Canada, or whether this is really geared towards people that have money and uh, who are urbanite professionals. 
That's a good question because that was going to be my next question. Can you rule this out or does it does it help them if this is really only a standalone? Or I would imagine they would ideally want to replicate it elsewhere, but maybe they can't. Yeah, so they have to do a demographic uh, analysis and really look at the areas they're, they're going uh, to expand to. They have over 160 stores in Canada. And I, I would come out and just say they can't do this everywhere. I mean, we can think of locations uh, where we would probably say this is not going to work and I'm not going to name these, these places because I'll get, uh, you know, nasty emails. But um, so this is probably going to work where you have money. Um, You know, the other thing is the value proposition as well. It's kind of fun and cool to go to a place like this, but if the prices of things there is geared towards your uh, wealthier client uh, customer, well, it's, it probably won't be as successful in some areas than others. Uh, and this location, it might do pretty well, but uh, in other locations where people are struggling and looking at their paychecks and, uh, you know, their mortgages going up dramatically, it, it, it may not do well at all. The other thing I kind of wonder when, you know, you look at this, you know, Indigo, they sell books, they have lifestyle products, uh, randomly I was reading pajamas are big for them, but we've talked about fragrances, music, plants. Uh, you know, some, f- you know, light food just to snack on. I mean, what are they? I mean, are they in danger of confusing the customer as to what exactly Indigo is? Well, they've even added things like sex toys. I mean, so it does confuse the consumer as to what exactly these guys stand for. Uh, their product mix right now is about 55% books and 45% everything else. Uh, I suspect that that uh, ratio will probably get a little bit lower on the book side as they use some of that retail space for some of these other uh, hipster nook type uh, niche, uh, you know, experiences. But I think at the end of the day, you know, if you think about it, uh, retailing is really about not just the experience, but also how much money you can wring from every square foot of the space. Uh, A lot of people are shopping online. And so if you go into a, a, a chapter's indigo, you see something you like, you might not even buy it there and just go home and buy it on your Amazon app. So I think uh, that's a challenge for them is they have to make it a unique uh, shopping experience, a destination experience, but they also have to come up with uh, a product mix that people are actually willing to pay uh, money for. And uh, and uh, we're not quite sure what that's going to be given that uh, they become very eclectic. Do you think there are other, you know, retailers, other businesses out there looking at this and seeing how it works to see if they might emulate it in some way to their own needs? Maybe not the exact same way, but, you know, think of doing things more destination style? Yeah, well, Hudson Bay is a good example. They have tried to go hipster. They have also tried to go the Zellers route and revive that budget low-end brand. Um, And so uh, they're kind of all over the map as well. Uh, Retail is a very challenging space to be in, and so... Uh, it's all about understanding your demographic, understanding p- human nature and the psychology, and also the emotion of what people feel when they shop. And, um, you know, you don't want to end up like a Sears or a Hudson Bay where you have a lot of retail space, but you're trying to sell dishwashers and, and beds. And that uh, that didn't work, right? So it's the same thing with uh, Indigo and Chapters. They have to kind of figure out uh, the right product mix and, and really have uh, sort of the secret sauce and figure out what people really want. And as we know, it's not always clear. be interesting to see how this goes. Daniel, certainly appreciate the time. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That's Daniel Sai uh, from the Ted Rogers School of Management at TMU.